hello, and welcome to another episode of I Just Want to Be Included. My name is Veronica Olson, and today my friend Sarah is back, and we continue our conversation about the long road of mental health. As parents, we've both dealt with mental health and kids who are struggling, have had to find the resources and the right kind of help. It's a daunting task and one that requires a lot of patience and also a lot of advocating. It's another difficult topic. And as always, I ask that you listen with an open heart and mind. The goal of this podcast is to bring humanity to difficult topics. Every day, we are surrounded by people who are struggling in one way or another. We need to start showing compassion, even if we don't completely understand what they're going through. As always, anything said in this podcast is based on personal opinion, experience, and thoughts. Nothing said should be taken as professional advice. Everyone is different. Every situation is different. Please always look in your community for professional help to deal with whatever issues you or your family might be facing. Enjoy the episode. Sometimes, you know, like you have to get school work done. It has to get done, you know, and they're just like, can't deal with it, you know? And so what do you do at that point? You know, is it me calling up the school and talking to teachers? Again, with my last kid, (laughs) I finally learned that's the right thing to handle. Communicate Mm -hmm. to teachers so they know. Not that they have to give you know, exceptions, you know, to missed assignments or, or whatever, but just know this is what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. We're aware of it, but just know. Yeah. Have you had had those conversations? I have with school within the past couple of years. Um, not by choice. Right. But it became a point, which I'm so thankful that I did because it was a bullying type situation and it wasn't until I got a phone call because my child with anxiety and depression doesn't say anything. And right. like this kid was actually physically harming her inside the school. Wow. And it was a principal calling me. I just want to let you just make you aware like this situation happened at school. Don't know if they've told you. And I'm like, as a parent, I've had a lot of those like. I seem like a really bad parent because I'm clueless, but I have a child who just does not communicate things and just keeps things very close to the vest. And it was a thank you for letting me know. And then we have that hard conversation. But then I went in there and I had to explain to the school how their actions of trying to mitigate and try to fix the situation by putting these two kids in a room together actually created harm. Right. And I had to open up to the fact that this child self-harms. Yeah. And this has only made things that much worse. Right. You know, and, but after we had that conversation and I, I, it took a lot because I am not one who likes to talk about those types of things with people who don't even know me. And this was like my first real, like, hello, here's Sarah. Like the, introduction to the school and we're having this kind of conversation sitting inside but I felt it was super important and I said it in front of my child so it wasn't like I'm not trying to hide anything right like I am I'm outing you here but yet at the same time like this is a safety issue and you need to know yeah but I can tell you that that principal has called me multiple times 
because now the school knows yeah. and there's been teachers who've come, hey, we're concerned, we saw marks, we saw yeah. whatever, whether they were old or whether they were new, yeah. the fact they picked up the phone and were like, hey, I think you need to know, like in the big scheme, mm -hmm. better. Yeah. If it turns out to be nothing and they're old scars, fine. I'm okay with having that conversation. Right. That maybe creates a little bit of conflict at the home with a, you don't trust me, I, we, you know, type thing. But at the same time, I would rather be having those conversations. Yes. Than, you know, possible, you know, conversations that weren't able to occur because. Yeah. No and, one knew. Yeah. And I remember there was an incident where uh, one of my kids had reached out to a teacher about threatening to self-harm. And I was called into the school because I had to sign paperwork. So I'm in the principal's office and I eventually just break down into tears, <laughs> right? Because something that you don't want to talk about mm -hmm. and all the difficult stuff, all of a sudden you have to talk about and face. And it is incredibly hard and you're putting a lot of trust into the school administration, right? You know, yeah. the principal, the secretaries, the teachers, whoever that you're dealing with, it's a lot of trust, you know, to say, this is a problem. I know it's a problem. We're going to try to figure out how to deal with it. Um, but that was a low point for me mm -hmm. to have to, I did not ever expect myself to be in a principal's office in tears. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, was not, that was not on my list of, oh, this is what you're going to experience as a parent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I got to check the box. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but I have learned since that communicating with staff is so important. Mm -hmm. And it's not going in there and demanding things. It's not about, you know, forcing, you know, them to make accommodations for your child. It's just communicating and saying, hey, this is what's going on. You need to know. We're working through it. If you see something that bothers you, please call me. Yeah. If something happens on our end, I'll call you. Yeah. And just make them partners. Mm -hmm. Because your kid is at school several hours, five days a week for the school year. Yeah. And so whatever you can do as a parent to create partnerships benefits all of you. It, it puts you in a better situation. You're probably going to hear better communication. Um, the staff is in a better position to help and to say things. It just makes it better for everybody. But again, that's something I learned the hard, hard way. way. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember sitting in this principal's office and talking about a situation that had happened prior to this. I think it may have been like the previous school year and, you know, me talking about how much my child struggled with what had happened at school. And the principal was like, I had no idea. We just figured she was fine, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so my gut instinct back when this incident happened was to march to the office and have it out with somebody. I did not because that's not my go-to, right. um, but it was a learning lesson for me. The school assumes everything's fine unless they hear otherwise. Correct. Correct. And so I was like, all right, we're not doing it that anymore, you know? And luckily this wasn't a situation where anyone got hurt. This was not that kind of thing, but communication is huge. And your kids, so many kids don't know how to advocate for themselves. They just don't. And they're really good at hiding. Yes. Like our kids have become, and that was one thing that I realized very quickly back when my oldest was in like first and second grade, 
like we're good at telling people what it is that they want to hear. And yes. if I can perform and I can do things to make things seem that things are okay, it's harming them, but they know how to work the system. And yeah. I think oh, that's yeah. like a big thing is like yeah. these kids are smart and if they if they're uncomfortable and at least in my situation with a very kind of introverted child who doesn't want to draw attention to themselves, like that is one of those things where it's just easier that way and they learn very quickly what to say, what to do to just kind of blend and not yes. to be like in the spotlight in any single not way. Not to get any unwanted attention. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, we train kids to do that from day one of preschool or kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. We train them, if you just do what you're told to do and don't step outside the box and <laughs> don't cause me any problems and don't question everything, then you're a good student, mm-hmm. right? And so we kind of set kids up for that very early on and don't tell them how to deal with things, you know, when they come up that's outside of, you know, that traditional box of what this is what a, a good student looks yeah. like. Um, and so that definitely gets hard too. Um, one thing that I've had to deal with, and I don't, maybe you're starting to deal with this, is the realities of HIPAA <laughs> and having older kids. Yeah. Um, because it's funny how from a medical perspective, a government perspective, you know, they like to call our kids adults at 17, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, my experience, not so much. <laughs> Not so much adults at that point. Um, And especially when they're dealing with mental health and you're not involved, Mm -hmm. you're probably, you're more than likely paying the bills. If they allow you access to the bills that they expect you to pay. Because the wonderful thing with all of these online portals now is all that stuff gets sent to your child. Yeah. And you, even though you're like the proxy, even though you're the guarantor on that account, you don't get the bills. Yeah. And so if they choose to share them with you, right. you know, you're still expected legally to pay them. But, yeah. you know, it's this funny, fine line that they have with all sorts of different things. It is a very f- funny, fine line. And also expecting kids to navigate just the information mm-hmm. and to make decisions about medication and about health care at that age and to keep parents out of it. I remember when our oldest daughter, she was probably 20. She wasn't living at home at the time. And I found out she was on four different medications. It was like an antipsychotic and anti-anxiety. Like there were four. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> when did that happen? Yeah. That seems like a lot for, mm-hmm. I, I know you have issues you're struggling with, but that seems like a lot. I was shocked. You know, and we were paying for it. Right, yeah. <laughs> At least, you know, insurance was. This kid may have been paying um, co-pays on it. But just the kids are put in situations where they get to make decisions about medications. Yeah. And we'll just take whatever's handed to them and assume that this is what they need to do without any outside counsel it was really scary to me. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because learning from others who've gone, who kids are a little bit older, like I'm very thankful where we are with my oldest right now. Um, there's a lot of conversation mm-hmm. um, that is occurring, but we right now, like they're very complacent with anything. And it's like, well, you think I, I need to increase this, then I'm just right. going to do that. And right. so it's this hard line to navigate. Like this is your body. 
Yeah. I can tell you from an outside perspective, things don't look right and we probably should. Like, this yeah. is not a normal feeling. It may feel normal to you. Right. Because you've been in this kind of blah state for so long, but things could get better. But when they're in these states, they can't make logical decisions for themselves. Yeah. And thankfully, the provider that we have now is kind of will give guidance, I feel, but like I want you to kind of talk this over. Right. Like talk to your parents. Like let's talk about this and see what it is that you want to do. Yeah. But it's kind of scary because I have a child who right now is like, I don't need medication anymore. Yeah. Worst decision that could possibly happen. And so yep. then as a parent, I'm like, I understand that you don't want to take this anymore, but that's a really good conversation you can have with your provider when we go back in and you yeah. can, I, here are the reasons why I think this might be a good idea to continue or to actually increase your dose. Right. Your provider will tell you their type of thing, you know, like, and to have these kind of conversations, but to know that they have the power to just, eh, I'm done. And there's nothing that can happen. Yeah nothing like it's just nothing because they have that power and honestly when you're not in a right space mentally and allowing them to make those types of decisions you have to have a lot of trust in the providers yeah. like that you know they're kind of keeping an eye on all of this yeah and when you know like for us when we have kids that move away mm -hmm. they're no longer in the home or not no longer even in the city so they're looking at other resources other providers that you don't know um it was an eye-opening thing for me and not it's not about trust as much as like my kid's 19 yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and i know they feel like they're an adult and they're grown up but they're not yeah. and you know when you're dealing with these mental health issues your judgment is just skewed mm -hmm. right 100 percent. yeah so it, that has been a huge huge eye-opener for me I will say the best thing I've done for that is just, and it took us a long time to get there, was keep the channels of communication open. So, you know, our child who is now in, in her 20s knows that if she starts struggling, she can always pick up the phone and call me. Always. I'm having a rough day. You know, this isn't going well. She can pick, pick up and call me. And I'm not going to tell her what to do, but I'm going to start asking questions mm -hmm. and see where she's at. But it took a while to build that. Yeah. That does not come automatically. It was kind of, you know, her reaching out to me and saying, you know, I, I hear what you're saying and I, I hear that you're hurting. Come home for a couple hours. You know, don't be by yourself. Um, have you done this? Have you done that? You know, but it, it took a long time to get there, I feel like. Fortunately, we're there but it was not like an easy road to get there. And so now we have a, a relationship of, they will come home when they struggle and they will reach out. But man, for kids that, and parents that don't get there, that is very scary. Uh, so let's talk about something else that I have totally failed at. <laughs> <laughs> We're just laying it out here, why not? <laughs> I've got a long list. <laughs> It'll take us into 2024. Um, taking care of yourself as a parent while your kids are struggling. And I know this has been huge for both of us. Mm -hmm. I've got four kids. You've got three. Yep. I have never done a good job of taking care of myself. 
even when my kids were just normal kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you throw on to that some of these other issues we're dealing with. And yikes. Yikes. Yeah. I, if I could go back and do anything different, it would be to start finding ways to take care of myself. Yeah. And having the self-awareness to know that you need to snap out of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. that something has to change. Like, we need to change something about what's going on right now because this is not a good thing. And having that self-awareness instead of just kind of digging this hole. You know, because to be honest, this isn't easy. Like, none of this is easy. And there's this up and down and up and down. And some days are great. And, like, like it's there, but it's in the background. And then other days, it's impacting every part of your family. It's impacting other people. Like, and you're just trying to just make it through the day. And so... Self-care is one of those things that I'm getting better at, probably out of necessity. Yeah. Where it was like almost like I was drowning and this is not working. Yeah. Um, for me, I self-isolated a yeah. lot because who wants to be around me? I don't even like being around me right now because none of this is good. And right. so um, for me, I'm getting better, but like I'm trying to even just do like daily things. Mm-hmm. So like I get up crazy early in the morning. It's not my favorite thing to do, but I get up super crazy early in the morning because I need the quiet before the chaos, before everything else. I need the quiet. I need, it kind of just grounds me for the day. And then once everything is kind of done before working, like I walk every single day. My husband's coming with me now because I'm dragging him because it's also good for him, for his (laughs) self-care, which he's not a morning person. So this is really bad for him. Right. Um, but I think it's really important because it just kind of sets things a little bit better. And when I don't, for whatever reason, it just kind of makes things kind of funny. But it took a very long time to realize that. And, like, he's even said, he's like, I don't know why, like, a walk just, like, makes you so happy in the morning. But it does. It's just, it's something, and it seems stupid. And if we want to call that self-care, but I think it's just kind of understanding to get out of like that funk and just yeah. to kind of get out and appreciate nature. For me, it's a very grounding, very kind of like humbling type thing that just kind of sets me on the right path. Doesn't mean I'm going to stay there all day. Right. But you know, just and finding those types of things. Or like because I think the pandemic was so good at isolating all of us so much. Right. Like forcing to go out to get out of the house to see people even if it's for a short period of time just to do something like this day and age things are so easy i mean i order my groceries i will admit that i do too you know and it's for me it's a lot easier just with everything that needs to be managed but at the same time like it's even more isolating because you're just you're not out as much i mean driving up to have someone put things into my car super convenient but at the same time like it just kind of almost you're not interacting with other human beings (laughs) right it feeds that and so like trying to be intentional with that is like been super important and um you know just kind of trying to find human interaction in other ways and outside of people inside my household yes super important very important (laughs) very important and you know i've always i i'm good at walking but i'll do it for a while and then i go into a slump or winter hits here in michigan and walking is not what i want to do (laughs) um so i've been up and down in this a lot over the years and it's been interesting the last year i've had people ask me 
have you guys gone to therapy? You know, me or my husband. You've dealt with an awful lot. And I'm like, no. Why would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> Who has time for that? <laughs> therapy? Do you know how much money I'm shelling out for therapy yeah. a month between two kids? <laughs> I don't have time or money for that. <laughs> um, but I had enough people say it to me where it was like, all right, you know, there's something here because I've just been going and going and yeah. going and going and going. And you go to where you can't go anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's not good for anybody, right? Um, so I was like, all right, this is something I'm going to change. It's something for me. It's taken me way too long. I wish I'd done it 15, 20 years ago, yeah. to be honest. But here we are, you know? Um, I, I hit one point probably a couple of years ago where I just felt like I was going nuts. <laughs> I sent one kid to a dentist appointment that didn't exist. Like all these things that normally I have in my head organized straight. Everything was just like crazy. And I felt like I was going nuts. And so I found myself sitting in a doctor's office going, I feel like I'm losing my mind. <laughs> you know? She's like, well, tell me about that. And I start listing off everything you've done with my house. And she's like, yeah, yeah. So... I think some medication maybe could yeah. good thing to try here, you know. But sometimes you need that outside person to tell you, you, you know, you need you need to do something different. Yeah. Because when you're inside of it, it's hard to see, and all you can see is keeping everybody going and getting through the day. Mm-hmm. That that's it. That's the goal. And then when I have people from outside going. Have you ever thought about therapy? Yeah. <laughs> Are you tired of me talking to you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Am I unloading on you too much? But it is fair to say, hey, wait a minute. You need some objective. Yeah. You really do. And it's hard. For me, it was hard to admit that. You know, because I felt like, I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. Everyone's, you know, everyone's where they need to be, and we've got this, you know? And am I, you know, hanging by a thread? Yes, but we've got this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I have started taking care of myself as well, but it's been a very slow go and it's been off and on. Do it for a while and then something happens yep. and then I'm sucked into somebody else's problem and that's all I'm seeing and dealing with. And so it is just a roller coaster. Yeah. And it's not easy. No, it's not easy. And I think it can be very overwhelming because the last thing you can think about doing is taking care of yourself. Yes. And like in the reality sometimes in my life is I'm just trying to make sure that my child is alive to the next day. Yeah. And so like the reality of like then thinking, okay, well I should schedule this for myself or I should try to do this or, you know, yeah. like that just is even that much more overwhelming, yep. you know? And um, I think sometimes just the managing of the day to day just gets to be so much that you get up and you do it, and that's how we were trained to do, right? So yep. we just we keep going, and we do the next thing, and then it's like Groundhog's Day the next day, and we're yep. just doing, 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 and putting out little fires here and there, yep. you know, but really neglecting ourselves, which is doing nobody any good. No. But, you know, it, trying to prioritize that is just so hard. Yeah. We're, we are not told to do that early on Mm-mm. in life with kids. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody else comes first. Mm-hmm. Everybody else. And obviously taking care of our families is a pretty high priority. But if we come unglued, then everything yeah. falls apart. Everything falls apart. The reality <laughs> is it's just going to be an even bigger dumpster fire because the one firefighter is just gone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. 
Um, one of the things I wanted to kind of just talk about too is, you know, there's a lot of struggles here, but also I have seen, and hopefully you're starting to see it with your kids. There is some hope here. Mm -hmm. Um, it will get better. It'll get better for a while. Mm -hmm. And then they'll have a crisis. Yep. And then they'll move back home for three months. (laughs) Not speaking from experience or anything. Not at all. (laughs) Then they'll go back out into the world and they'll be fine again. Um, so there is hope. It's just understanding that there's a long road here. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, you know, most most of us who have dealt with depression and anxiety, we've dealt with it for decades. And so understanding that your child, you can go through all of the legwork of getting the right providers, medication, there'd be everything that you feel like you need to do, okay? But you only have so much control over it. Because they need to figure out what works for them and how they're going to care for themselves. And you just need to be there to help them and support them. There's hope there. But it's also going to be like two steps forward and one step back. Yeah. That's kind of how I have seen it play out with my kids. And so I have just, our house is open to you. It's kind of how I've done that, right? If you need to come home and spend a weekend... Come home and spend a weekend. It's okay. If you're struggling, it's okay. You can come home and struggle here. You know, this is not a place where we're going to judge you or we're going to, you know, tell you what you need to do. You can come here and struggle. But, you know, it's kind of this balance of like having hope, but also just being aware that this is not going to go away. Probably ever. Yeah. And giving your kids the tools and resources and the support so they can admit when they're struggling. Yeah. Because I think even when I was growing up, admitting that you're struggling was not a popular thing. Oh, no. 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 And I think, like, it's important, and I keep trying to tell myself, like, you're putting all these, you're trying to give them these resources, and you're putting all these things, but they're writing their own story. Yes. And there are going to be times when they are going to just push all of those resources aside, and you're there to support them and to try to help them through that and to kind of guide them the yep. way but at the end of the day like this is their body this is their story that they're writing and yeah. you really don't have the control that maybe the world wants you to think that you do you do not you know <laughs> you and really so, don't and like and that's the thing like and conversations in our house like whether it's about medication or whether it's about those types of things where it's a your health and your safety is a is a concern and it is a priority right but this is your story that you're writing this is your body this is your story you're gonna figure it out one way or another you're gonna figure it out are we gonna make mistakes along the way we're all gonna make mistakes we're human you will have make mistakes you are going to we're gonna have these ups these downs and everything else but at the end of the day like you are in control of this yeah you know and you do have a say because i feel like almost sometimes Especially as they start to get older, they don't, they're vying for control right in some way. Yeah. And they want that control. And as a parent, when you're dealing with mental health issues, it's really kind of hard sometimes to like not necessarily relinquish it, but to let them kind of go through this where you know this decision that we're going to make, whether it's quitting therapy, whether it's doing these things, not in your best interest. Right. But if you're just not at a point right right now and it's getting too hard, okay. Yeah. Let's maybe try something different, but it's your story. Like, yeah. You're writing this. Yeah. 
you know, would I would I write it a different way? Probably. Right. Because it would be a lot easier for you. <laughs> and it probably for me in the big who, picture. Who wants an easy life? But, you know, you not know, me. <laughs> but, and I think that's very important, like, is to remember, like, they're writing this story. Like, yeah. this whole thing, like, this is their story to write. Yes. Like, we were given our opportunity. We made our mistakes. We've got those dark chapters, like... And they're going, you know, the mm-hmm. reality is, is everybody's going to have them. Yeah. You know, and as a parent, it's hard because you don't want to see your kids struggle. And no, you want, no, absolutely not. Like things to be easier. And I always keep saying like, life shouldn't be this hard. It's hard enough to just be a teenager, let yes. alone to have to deal with these things. Like life is just hard enough as it is. Yeah. And it doesn't seem fair, but at the end of the day, life isn't fair. It is not. You know, it and it's all. just kind of having the hope that it will get better, but knowing and having the reality of the fact that there are going to be mountain high experiences and that you're going to be in a valley sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, I think setting that reality for them as well as a, from a parent, so it the valleys aren't as low, Right. you know, I think is super important as well. Yeah. And one thing I've learned too is as a family unit to be open and honest with mm-hmm. what people are struggling with. We are not talking about anybody behind closed doors. Right. Yep. You know, if there's a diagnosis, if there's a crisis, if there's a problem, it's shared information mm-hmm. because we all need to support each other. And we had a situation um, a few months ago where we had two kids move back into our house on the same day, which was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to tell everybody Everybody needs patience with each other. Everybody's struggling with something. Yeah. It's not exactly the same. It's going to be adjustment for everybody in this house. You know, those of us who are already living here <laughs> versus you coming back from being off at college or, you know, in a house with other people, wherever you were at. But we're also being open about what's going on. We're not hiding the struggles behind anything yeah. because that does not do anyone any good. And even though we don't always get along or agree, we should be here to support each other and help each other out. Because even if you don't have the exact same struggle, you've all struggled. So you should have some sympathy for one another, you know, and and some empathy and be able to reach out and support each other in some way, shape or form. Again, not an easy point to get to. Being at a point where you're admitting, you know, your sister's struggling with that, your sister's struggling with that, your brother's struggling with that. That was not a culture I grew up with either, <laughs> right? And so that was an uneasy point to get to, but I also found it was necessary to keep our home how I want it to be, yeah. this open, safe place. Like, no one's hiding anymore. We're not doing that. Yeah. That's a waste of time and energy. I don't care what it is. Our home is here for you. Yeah, and I think there can be beauty in the ashes. Like, I've yes. seen, I've seen, well, the impact, like, that, one struggle and mental illness has on everybody else in the yep. family. I've seen in other children where they've risen up and they yep. can identify and how they relate to the world around them yeah. is completely different. Or Absolutely. just even their self-awareness as a result of looking at something else. Like there's beauty in that if you're not willing to hide it, you right. know, and to be open and to be yeah. honest about that. Because I think then, like, there's just greater support for everybody, like, overall. Yeah. And just in the way that you interact in the world around you, like, is completely different. Yeah. And especially with kids who are in school and are surrounded by other kids that are dealing with a lot of mm-hmm. mental health issues. Mm-hmm. It is crazy to me 
how many kids are struggling with mental health issues in school right now of all ages of and all grades ages. and young young yes. young young kids and so we need to put our kids in a situation where they are empathetic mm-hmm. and understanding when possible yeah. because when someone's around you is hurting they're hurting mm-hmm. and bullying and teasing and you know doing a lot of the things that i saw growing up you know just exasperates that oh 100 and makes it worse and so we need to cultivate this feeling of like you know we're we're here to help each other out mm-hmm. you know like school's not one big competition <laughs> which i think sometimes we make it out to be right 100%. <laughs> and what can we do what can students do to support each other what can parents do to support because that that exists in parent culture too. Yeah. Well, my kid got this grade. My kid did this. My kid did that. Awesome. My kid didn't get out of bed today. Yeah. <laughs> my kid ate one meal today. We are doing great. <laughs> I mean, super happy for your straight A's and like your track to Harvard. But like, we made it up out of bed today and we ate. So you know what? Yeah. Yeah, that's, we're going to take that win and go with it. 100%. And I'm excited, and I will high-five anybody for that. Absolutely. Um, one of my favorite phrases to say is, there's no winning. It's just surviving. Yeah. We're all just trying to survive. There's no winning. Because even if it looks perfect, it's probably not going to stay that way. Oh, no. No. <laughs> it just isn't going to. So if things are going good, take it. And refresh and reset so when something else falls apart you're good to go just wait for the wheels to fall off because they will fall off yes they will all right sarah thank you so much for being here again and talking through this issue with me um again another difficult topic but i think one that's so so important um in our country today with what we're dealing with 100 percent. no one's alone in this No, no one's alone absolutely not absolutely not Thank you for joining me today and thank you to Sarah who is willing to sit down and talk through these issues with me. I hope this has been helpful to you on some level. Hang in there. We are all doing the best we can. Have a good week.